Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is A Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Uh, not too bad. I'm having a bit of... Uh, an, an existential crisis because I've had a pretty good week. I mean, been to the cinema a bunch. I've eaten out a few times. Yeah. Obviously, we had thing parks a couple of weeks ago. So I'm starting to wonder what else is there left to do. As far as I can tell, I, may as, I may as well go back into lockdown. We're back and we're ready to do it all over again. <laughs> I, I've just had a, a quite a condensed version of everything I enjoy about life. It's quite a small list, to be honest, uh, over the course of about... <laughs> theme parks, films, eating out. Theme parks, films, eating out. What, what, what else is there left to do? Until we can go on some far-flung holidays, what else is there for me, Josh? I, I don't know. I don't know, Tom. <laughs> nothing else. No, I can't think of anything. What is there? There's nothing there. There's nothing there. What about you? What about you? Are you in the same boat as me, or are you are, are you still seeing limitless opportunity out there for yourself? Um, well, I have also been to theme parks with you, uh, and gone to the cinema with you, and eaten out at a restaurant with you. So uh, pretty much in the same boat, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, going, both of us are going on holiday next week. Yes, but not together. We're finally... Not together, finally. Finally uh, being broken apart for a week. Yeah. So there we are. Sick of each other. Absolutely. We've had enough. We've had enough. Uh, we, okay, one, one thing. One thing that is left to do is, of course, record a podcast in the same room. Uh, we need to sneak that one in before the Indian variant <laughs> keeps us all locked up Locks. inside again. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I shouldn't call it the Indian variant. It's a bad habit that people have adopted in this country. It is. It has got a proper name. I think it's the B one six seven two variant. I think off the top of my head, uh, some variant of COVID that was first discovered in India, and so we call it the Indian variant, even though the China virus was obviously a very offensive thing to say. But apparently, everyone is now totally cool uh, with with doing that exact same thing for variants for some reason. So, well, uh, as soon as the Kent variant got called the Kent variant, it was a free for all, right? I, I guess uh, so. Yeah, I guess so. Because then, because abroad, it was called the UK variant. So you got the South African variant. That was a that was a concern for some time. It was. It was. Here. They're always far flung places. No one's going like bloody Calais variant. The, Ca- the Calais variant. No, I've not heard anything about yeah. that. In, Brazilian variant. The, that was a bad one. The Brazilian variant didn't sound like a bad one. That is true. Uh, there was a California variant, I believe, as well. That was that. Yeah. That sounded bad. That was. Uh, I mean, none of these are good. You know. Ideally, we don't have any more variants. Let's just... Uh, uh, that, that'd be ideal. Yes, absolutely. Uh, much is the case in, in other aspects of life. The sequels, the follow-ups, the spin-offs, they're rarely as good as the original. And uh, I think we should, you know, apply yeah. that to viruses also. Let's just stick to the first one. You know, there's no need to uh, milk it. You know, we don't need any more variants. We've had quite enough like, yes. Although, having said all this, uh, I would put, for me personally, Die Hard with a Vengeance is up there with Die Hard 1. Right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. like That was not a blanket statement. There are certainly 
some very good sequels out there, but I do think it is not a controversial thing to suggest that the sequels to COVID, or I guess they're more like spin-offs, really. Uh, those have not been a positive experience yes, thus far. They are. Yeah, the, this is um, the conjuring of viruses. <laughs> First one, not not pleasant, you know, but you can almost admire it in some ways in the way it caused everyone uh, to completely yeah. change the way they live their lives. But all these spin-offs. I'm just tired of them at this point, you know. The, what, what, that, um, we should start naming the variants after Conjuring spin-offs. And then we've got the Nun variant, the Annabelle variant, oof. the La Haronia variant. Um, <laughs> if we go by the Conjuring <laughs> Wikipedia, the next variant to hit our shores will be the Crooked Man variant. <laughs> yeah, the Crooked, yeah. Crooked Man uh, that'd is be an un- a- That would be an unpleasant symptom if COVID suddenly started crooking... everyone crooked. Crooked your joints up. Oh, God, we talk yeah. about some absolute... Now have we got onto this? I, I, I would say the variants are, I guess, if the main COVID was cars uh, and the variants are like planes. Um, I don't know. Oh, have I, you seen planes? No, I haven't seen planes. I thought you were talking literally. I so, didn't realise you were talking no, no, about no. the Disney Pixar franchise cars. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Right, yeah, uh, okay. Because everyone knows planes, real planes, are cooler than real cars. That's just a given, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, planes are pretty cars cool. Cars can't fly. No, cars cannot fly. Yeah. That is a... Uh... What makes cars cooler? Flying. Flying cars? Sure. I don't, I'm not sure I'd trust humanity with flying cars, but, you know, someone will try at some point. Probably Elon I mean, Musk. I don't, I don't trust humanity with non-flying cars, so... No, absolutely not. I think as time goes on, I trust humanity with less and less you know even very basic things my faith in anyone's ability to complete basic tasks or uh you know apply basic thought to literally anything Uh, and my faith in any of that is incredibly low (laughs) and falls further with each and every day that i am on this absolute hellhole that we call home yes do you know what i do have trust in though tom what are you trusting uh, that we are, will put out an episode of this every single week. Absolutely. Until we die. Yes, until we die. That's the plan. It remains true even on this Thursday evening. These recording times are getting pretty wild. It's the problem with having active weekends back. I, uh, yeah, I know. But this never stopped us. Lockdown. This never stopped us before. I mean, it was a staple of the weekend, was st- Saturday morning podcast in the studio. And now all of a sudden, as soon as we, as soon as that becomes legal again, we we don't have any time to do it. Madness. I thought that would be top of your next weekend, next Saturday, either. Can you not? Oh no! I thought this would be top of your post-lockdown list of priorities. Was doing a podcast in the same studio again. (laughs) I'll be in Wales. Still, you'll still be in Uh, Wales next Saturday week. Oh. What are we going to do then? Do we need to record two podcasts tonight? Well, that's a bit... Und- I'm not sure that's doable. I need to get up in the morning. Uh, what are we going to do? We need to sort this out. You might have to record... I know you said thing park trips in Wales are off the cards for you because the lunch you're going with aren't really into it and you're also in the wrong part of Wales, but I think you might just have to up sticks, you know, so hop on a bus, get an, get an Uber, and just sort something out and go there and do a trip report because we're going to be struggling otherwise. Uh, I don't have football next Sunday, though. So Ah, OK. Uh, You'll be back in time for that. Although I'm just going to have to ring John up yeah. again. John, uh, could you go back on Velocicoaster? I don't know. Look for somebody else in the queue. Anything. Literally anything. 
<laughs> it seems the bin that was here last time has maybe moved two yards to the left. Tom, back to Whoa. you. Thanks, John. Uh, speaking of John, it's time to play once more the correspondence in general music. Yes, we have some correspondence in oh. general this week. Very exciting. Sod's Law, I thought, oh, we're doing this on Thursday, a bit early in the week, you know, there might not be a ton of news. And indeed, as of this morning, I was looking around at a few bits, but nothing major. So I did a bit of a, a call to arms, if you like, and got a few bits in. John, uh, Pastor John being among them, he has been busy once more writing another excellent guide for touringplans.com. So I just wanted to give that a shout out we've uh, I don't think I've retweeted it yet but by the time you hear this uh, the Park Cross podcast Twitter account will have retweeted this article uh, it's uh, an excellent selection of tips and tricks for mobile check-in at Universal Orlando which has uh, of course become a thing since Covid was a thing uh, just to make it more easier uh, more easier more easy and more contactless uh, the whole process of checking in and checking out to a Universal Orlando hotel. Uh, John writes very thoroughly, as he always does. And so I recommend you go and check that out if you have got a, a trip coming up in the not too distant future for or uh, Universal Orlando. Or or at any point, really, if you, if you feel like you're mulling a trip at some point, this might be something worth bookmarking because I'd imagine that contactless check-ins and all that is uh, probably here to stay, right? I, I can't imagine any of the sort of convenience measures i would guess i would describe them and you know obviously people hope masks uh, are not needed at some point and social distancing maybe as well but the kind of things that have been brought in as i say on a kind of con uh, for, for kind of convenience sake we've seen it with disney for example allowing you to use the app for your magic band now we've seen it with this kind of thing uh universal mm. this kind of stuff you'd imagine is here to stay right you, you this is not just going to be a covid era thing surely no i think you're right um and i think a lot of people will welcome that guest wise i think what it probably means is that you don't they don't need to hire as many staff for front desk check-in uh, that is that is true um, obviously we'll have to wait and see sometimes i do like getting greeted by uh some you know very uh happy front of house uh, staff members always always good to see yeah people sometimes it is it is it is and just on that actually if you wanted to be super cynical about it um obviously there's oh, been a, there's been a big push since uh joe biden was elected uh mostly from the kind of the more left wing of the democratic party to up the basic minimum wage in the us to 15 bucks an hour um you know Biden fully supports that. I'm sure there are people in the party who would like him to go even further, but it seems like 15 bucks an hour is becoming something that is more expected of of all companies to offer that. And Universal Orlando have indeed announced this week that they're going to up their basic rate of pay to that 15 bucks an hour. Maybe they feel like they can afford to do that because, as you suggest, they feel like they will not have as many staff in a post-COVID world because of all the various... Uh, things they've brought in that allow guests to do stuff more seamlessly using their phones. But that's just the cynic in me, Josh. I'm just wildly speculating. Maybe they'll staff right back up to where they were before. I guess they are opening a new theme park, so they're going to need some new staff. Yes, they will. They certainly will. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to see the, the £15 an hour thing 
Um, obviously, some financial critics will say that it doesn't mean anything that just the cost of living will go up, etc., etc. But it can't be a bad thing, right? Giving people more money can never be a bad thing, even if the cost of living does go up, sod it. We'll figure that bit out later on. Indeed, indeed. I mean, can you imagine Epic Universe, the world's first staffless theme park? How would that even work? That's, how, would you, how, would you, uh, how would you manage that? That's a scary concept. It is. It is. Uh, could you do that? I'm not sure you could do oh. Whoops. Oh, what's, uh, happened? what's happened? I just dropped some uh, some things off my desk. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound terrible. Well, it depends what they are, I suppose. Uh, no. If it's a can of Coke, uh, you're in trouble. I've done that plenty of time, as you well know. Um, but no, it wasn't. It was just a, some bits of plastic. Oh, okay. Fine. Uh, yeah, I guess you wouldn't be able to do it. Like health and safety would not allow that to be a thing because someone would need to check the restraints. That's true. That is true. That that'd be a dangerous place to get to if you're relying on AI or whatever to uh, check mm. everyone's restraints are in the right place. That's that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. That is sure is. Nah. but yeah, that's uh, that's Universal uh, Universal's pay rise. Uh, Walt Disney World have got the same thing in the offing, but not until October. So classic. So fortieth anniversary <laughs> gift to the, the staff. <laughs> There's, um, uh, here you go. Here's an extra two bucks an hour for you. Thank, thanks, Mickey. Cheers. Thanks. Anyway. Now I can afford to put fuel in my house. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thanks again to John for sending uh, sending us his, his, his guide to mobile check at Universal. And as I say, we've retweeted it on the feed, so you can go find it as well. We've also got a message from Mr. Ben. Uh, so once again, uh, not, uh, not content just with the correspondence and general music and also play some Mr. Ben music right here. Mr. Ben has a question uh, which is what ride that is due to open in 2021 stroke 2022 are you most looking forward to uh, I think this is just in uh, theme parks the world over uh, but he goes for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at Epcot which um, I didn't think was opening till all like 2067 so I don't know where he's got that one from. <laughs> Who knows at this point when that's opening? Who knows? Who knows indeed? I certainly don't. Before no. or after Troll? Uh, <laughs> oh, that is a good... <laughs> God. Uh, uh, ooh. Before? After? I don't... Mm. <laughs> Great. Cheers. That is, that is yeah, the kind of insight sorry. that people come here for. I, I mean, I would have said after, but obviously they've delayed Tron. Tron but Tron is back. Uh, work, they're working back on Tron again. I don't know. I would say that Guardians is probably at the same point, but they're having to. They have. I'm not sure they have recorded their stuff yet, so it's mm. very much where that all happens and like the editing and all that stuff. Whereas obviously Tron is basically exactly the same ride as what is in China, just with uh, English audio rather than Chinese audio. So you just think that'd be easier to get finished, but um, they've been quite tight-lipped on both of those things, so we'll have to wait and see. Yes, definitely. So uh, what's your what's the ride you're most looking forward to then, Josh, over the next uh, year, 18 months? Well, uh, I think what I want to do is give a couple of kind of uh, honourable mentions, I guess. Um, obviously, you've got the one... the There's a new one opening up at uh, Six Flags Great Adventure, which looks very very good personally it's called uh, Jersey Devil uh, it's going to be the world's tallest fastest single rail roller coaster watch some videos on that it's really good fun uh, so shout out to that one 
But I think I would go... Obviously, you've got Guardians, you've got Tron. There's rumours of a new Gerstelauer coming in 2022, somewhere in the world. I think maybe Thorpe Park. Oh, we'll going to throw that rumour out there. What makes you say that? Are you ITK right now? Well, we mentioned previously that they are doing some clearing work at Thorpe Park that could potentially be a site of a new roller coaster. Gerstelauer are talking about a new world, uh, a record-breaking a uh, new coaster, obviously Thought Park also tells well known for building record breaking th- theme park roller coasters. Um and Gerstlauer have a good rep recently with the Merlin Entertainment brand, obviously with the Soul Ride uh, and the Smiler. So I'm just kind of putting two and two together and uh maybe getting four, maybe getting three, who knows? <laughs> um but if it happens you heard it here first, that's all I'm saying. Fair, fair. I think in the in, in the spirit of the question, I think we should maybe, uh, at least for me, I'm going to try and avoid picking something that hasn't been officially announced. Obviously, there are yeah. certain things. I haven't that actually are given an actual answer. Widely report. No, I guess that's true. Uh, do you have an actual answer though? Is the question. I do. You had so many honourable uh, mentions that I'd forgotten you hadn't actually gotten to the actual answer. Yes, uh, it's uh, Iron Guazi. Oh, that is a very good. That is a very good pick. It's been so long that I'd forgotten about that one. You know, it's kind of gone because it hasn't really because it was almost ready to go, wasn't it? Uh, last yes. spring, <clears throat> and I don't feel like that Bush Gardens have really kept the wheels turning a great deal on the kind of promotional front for that ride. I'd imagine that they're just they, they'll blitz us all. I'm sure when they finally announce a date, but it's not like they've kept on teasing for you know the entire entirety of the last year i think to be fair that would be a bit weird for them to do yeah so uh, i think that's fair enough but i i hope that i hope that we get confirmation of that soon because it's it certainly looking back now thinking back on that and some of the videos that were starting to emerge uh, in the early part of 2020 that did look great so that's a good choice thanks yeah, like I was. Talk about yourself, Tom. Like I was going to say. Well, obviously, we talk so much about rides that are widely reported to be in the offing. Either stuff that is, you know, off in the in the, in the distant future, rides that are part of lands that haven't even been announced at theme parks that have barely been spoken about. You know, we think about the potential for a classic monsters dark ride at epic universe is very exciting to me mm. even something like the donkey kong roller coaster that's widely assumed to be coming to uh, certainly uh, the nintendo world in hollywood i don't think that's even been officially announced i think the only uh I think so. concrete information that we have about the various nintendo worlds outside japan are that they'll feature the same stuff as japan to start with and then uh, the extra bits and pieces that might be there. I'm sure they'll talk about closer to the time. Uh, and then, and then I, I sort of think of that. There are certain rides that I, that we know of that are coming, but that I'm just not sure if I'll ever actually ride. So you think about Universal Studios Beijing, which by all accounts looks like it could be pretty special. And it's particularly interesting because they're going to have a big Jurassic world section, of course. And people think of Jurassic park rides, at least maybe not, well, I think even now with Velocicoaster, I think everyone thinks of a, of a boat ride, right? That, that is the classic uh, Jurassic Park yes. ride experience, even when they do slight twists on it, like in Singapore, where it's a river rapids, it's still much the same kind of experience overall. 
but the Jurassic World ride that they're working on in Beijing, I think, is is quite a different style of ride. It's like a dark ride, and the vehicles don't look oh. totally dissimilar to uh, kind of your vintage Universal dark ride uh, car, you know, like Spider Man or Transformers, that kind of thing. But I would imagine with it being Jurassic Park and the uh, legacy of Jurassic Park at theme parks that it wouldn't just be screen-based like those rides are or mostly screen-based like those rides are. I think it would rely more heavily on animatronics and practical effects. So the idea of a totally new Jurassic Park ride is, or Jurassic World ride is really exciting to me. But as I say, I don't know. I don't know if I envisage myself ever actually going to... Right, yeah the universal or any park in china so uh certainly not soon i don't think no so with that in mind um because the tron coaster is is in china right that's at shanghai yeah i think i will pick that because i don't as i say envisage myself ever that was always a ride that i thought i'd only ever be able to appreciate from a distance and uh ever since it was announced for magic kingdom it's something i've been really excited to try and that's only really been enhanced by Obviously, it's a very different style of ride, but the uh, way you sit on the Avatar um, Journey to Pandora, or whatever it's called, uh, Animal Kingdom, uh, is similar. Yeah. You know, almost like you're straddling a motorbike. Uh, so that has almost felt Hagrid's like a... Pandora adventure. Hadric, ha- ha- Hagrid's Pandora's adventure, absolutely. Um, so I think I will go with Tron, but it's, it's a, a difficult one chair. because having not been for a few years and how busy the parks have been in that time, there's a lot of stuff that is still totally new to me that I haven't been able to go on yet. Even stuff that is as old as Slinky Dog Coaster, I've not been able to of do. Course, yeah. So there's going to be a ton of, a ton for me to do for the first time when I finally get back to Florida, whenever that might be, hopefully in about a year. Yeah. Hopefully Tron and Guardians will be up and running by then. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Do you? Sorry. No, sorry, uh, absolutely no chance. I don't right? mean to joke. Yeah, yeah. Ratatouille will be. I, I would have thought, but that—that's yeah. Ratatouille is um, like done, right? Yeah, but they have said that's October, correct? If they actually confirmed that, I think they have. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. I think they have, but I think it God, speaks. I don't know. It's all it's, it's all spinning into one. It speaks volumes that we're not one hundred percent sure. So yeah. um, anyway, but yeah. A solid question there, I would say. A difficult question from Mr. Ben. Uh, that's all the correspondence in general music. Oh, sorry. All the correspondence in general that I am aware of for this week, Josh, unless you're pulling a rabbit out of the email inbox at all. Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, great. Play the music. That was the correspondence in general music. If you'd like to correspond with us, you can do so in various ways. You can email us, podcast at parkrush.com. You can tweet us at Parkrush Podcast. You can send an audio message on our uh, on our website, parkrush.com. Uh, or you can, you know, shout really loud out your window. Um, Maybe we'll hear. That's what Ben did. Yeah. I wrote it down. So there we go. As I said... Send us some smoke signals. We'll get it. <laughs> yes. I uh, was expecting a slow news week this week, but actually ended up being a few bits and pieces to talk about. I'm going to start, though, with the uh, very minor news that I thought would kind of be the backbone of this week's show and why I reached out for correspondence. So specifically, because it's pretty minor stuff in the grand scheme of things, but uh, exciting all the same. Number one, Josh, 
hot hot butter beer is going to be available all year round at Universal Orlando. I didn't even know hot butter beer <laughs> was a thing. Nah, I'm good. Um, I assume it was only a Christmas thing until now. Um, Do you know? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, it uh, never gets cold in Florida, particularly, does it? So, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like something that I would ever want. No, I don't. I don't do hot drinks in Florida. I, I, I. If I if I have coffee, I go iced when I'm at the parks. Uh, but normally, I'm just on the water to keep hydrated. Uh, and uh, yeah, the idea of a yeah, hot drink out go, there is not appealing to me. I usually go Powerade or Gatorade, depending on uh, who has the uh, rights to the park uh, drinks. Right. You know, got to keep got to keep the electrolytes up. Mm. That is true. I mean, I think I would probably try this, though, just out of uh, curiosity. I have tried all the other types of butterbeer you can get, being the normal one, the frozen one, and I guess the ice cream. Uh, the ice cream of is course, very yeah. nice. The frozen one of the, like, drink, the p- proper drink varieties of butterbeer, I-, I much prefer the frozen one to the standard. The standard one just kind of tastes like vanilla Coke to me, to be honest, and it's very sweet. And I was a Diet Coke kid, so any other kind of... Yeah. Like standard Coke has always tasted extremely weird to me. And uh, so an yeah, even same. sort of sweeter version of that or sweeter variation um, of that is, uh, is is one of the reasons Butterbeer has never really agreed with me. But the frozen one, I I think, is nicer. But um, if, I, if, I want, you, if I want to taste Butterbeer, I'll have ice cream. Have you had uh, Le Fou's Brew? Bless you. I guess you probably haven't. I haven't, though. What the hell is that? Um, it's like one of Disney's attempts at recreating Butterbeer uh, in their parks. Uh, oh, that is, and it's, um, that is shameless. Uh, shameless. Yeah. And it's uh, obviously LeFou from um, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and it's it's named after him. It's his namesake. Uh, and it's found in the, I guess, new fantasy land. Ah. Disney. Right. I um, had no idea. I, I think they still do it. I'm pretty sure they still do it. Well, this will be available, as you would expect, at both Potter locations in uh, Orlando. So Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. Like I said, I will try it, I, I think, of, out of curiosity. And uh, yeah, I, it's hard to know really what other sort of variants of Butterbeer they would come up with at this point. You've got standard, frozen and hot, uh, unless they start letting you do cocktails or something. <laughs> I'm not sure where it goes from here, really. Well, yeah. Can you mix butterbeer with other things? I'll have a Jaeger um, butter, please. A oh butter bomb. No. A butter bomb. There you go. But, a butter bomb. That was staring right at me in the face. I don't know why I said Jaeger butterbeer. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Oh God! Yes, uh, it's you know it's late. This is later than we would ever. This is maybe the latest we've ever done a podcast. I'm tired. Can I, I nearly can I have a snake bite with butterbeer, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it a go. Why the hell not? Oh. The other one of the other minor bits of news that I saw was just to follow up on something we talked about last week. That Spider-Man ride that we're so excited to spend extra money on to get higher scores. At Avengers Campus. Uh, something to make it even more appealing to you, Josh. It's going to use the virtual queue system. Oh, great! Uh, you have wait. To, virtual queues. You you have the floor right, yeah. if you'd like to vent. I know you're not a massive fan of a- any sort of queuing alternate is... queuing, right? I mean, you would prefer if everything was just like just queue as you always used to. God damn it! Yeah, what's wrong with queuing? <laughs> we love to queue. Um, love it. Bloody love it. Um, I guess. The the one thing you'd say is that 
you can you you book in and then you go do your own thing and it's like you're in a real queue but you're not um yeah. which is a di- bit different to fast passes right where yeah of course you can basically just beat the queue just cheating mm. so i have seen arguments for this because it's kind of like uh i guess the same thing as getting the loading i don't know what, what i can't remember the word of it now the on the star wars stuff they have the the boarding uh, pass boarding boarding pass boarding group uh slots right and the thing is that you can only be allotted one boarding group so it means that a lot more people have an opportunity of riding the ride mm. um i guess so if you have like if if the ride for example has can hold 10 people an hour really low numbers i know uh, in a regular queue theoretically the first three people could line up again and count towards that 10 people if that makes sense so it would actually so fewer people are getting to experience that ride even though 10 people have still gone on that ride with a boarding group um it would be 10 separate groups or you know in that scenario so um more people are getting to experience the ride in that scenario I don't know if that's how that's not really how virtual lines work so we'll have to see how Spider-Man does it whether it's like this boarding group or whether it's uh, like Jimmy Fallon I'd imagine it would be like we'll a boarding group right it will probably work very similarly to yeah. the Star Wars stuff I mean the, it will uh, in terms of how often you can in terms of the process of trying to get into the virtual queue it will work the same way as Star Wars you'll be able to request a spot in the queue twice a day first thing in the morning or around lunchtime right but then now, if you, you get one in the morning you can't think if you ride in the morning you then can't get one in the afternoon right you cannot you, you have to wait you until cannot ha- you cannot be in the virtual queue for star wars and spider-man at the same time that is not allowed <sighs> which i think is controversial bollocks yeah that's ridiculous yeah because you know getting in the virtual queue is no guarantee that you get on the ride they make that very clear in the, uh, in the no. apps and what yeah. and whatnot. So the idea that you can't be in two at once is ridiculous to me because you could waste hours sitting in a virtual queue for, let's say, Star Wars and not get on and then maybe later find out, oh, Spider-Man wasn't quite as busy. I should have picked that one. I might have got on it, but now I can't because I've already tried for Star Wars and it's too late. Yeah. It's, um, it's not a guest-friendly situation i don't think i'm, I'm sure no, someone could make a counter argument to that but i i don't understand really why i guess the the argument is that you you're not waiting right you're going off and doing other stuff mm. but you know if at the end of the day you you get a boarding group for star wars and then don't do it you've missed out on two main attractions at the park they're just not done for that day um, and if you've only got two days at a park or whatever, which I appreciate isn't a lot these days, that's one of your rides gone basically for the whole week, for your whole two-day trip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't love it. I mean, do you think do you think they would ever start charging for you to be able to use the virtual queue? I mean, that would be the ultimate kick in the teeth, right? If they started trying to get, yeah, you know, if, if their solution was, oh, the virtual queues, uh, they're so popular, they're so busy that it doesn't even guarantee you get on. But if we charge you, then less people will use it and you'll get more chance of getting on the ride. That'll be their argument. God, yeah. Um, I don't know if they do that en masse. I'd imagine 
Obviously, there's certain tiers of you get hotel guests. Priority, virtual queue. Certain privileges. Spots if you pay. Yeah, I mean, so you can buy like a guided tour, right? And right. it's basically just a trip. It, I say it's a cheap, it's a trick basically so that you can get on the rides quickly because they just skip all the queues because you're in a guided tour. But, you know, you're paying a lot of money for one of these guided tours, whereas you're not doing that on mass. You you know, if, you, if you're going to do it on mass, you're talking, I don't know, somewhere between zero and 50 bucks, say, right? So... Probably, yeah. How much? Do you think? Um, whereas for the guided tours, you're talking hundreds and thousands. I like hundreds and thousands. To be fair, do you like? Mm. Do you, Do you reckon as well that because clearly the fact that it's going to have a virtual queue will make this Spider-Man experience feel all the more sort of what What is it that people say? FOMO, fear, fear of missing out. You know, fear of missing uh, out. The, the, there's always been to an extent a sense of that at theme parks because of how busy they can get it you you go in ultimately i think most you know sane people go in with the uh go in safe and go in with the knowledge that yeah we're not going to get on everything today that's just not going to happen with we, we you do you've always kind of had to prioritize but now it just feels like that's been taken to an absolute extreme with uh these virtual queues and the fast passes and everything else it's becoming like for me, fast passes surely originally were designed to with with the intention of allowing people to get on more rides, not less. Like it, it, they were ways for you to more effectively and efficiently plan your day so that you could go around and get on plenty of rides and then go to what would normally be the busier rides at times that suit you and would see you get on them in much quicker time than you would normally. Whereas these uh, virtual queue things, they they seem so... Ra- I mean, and again, I've had no experience of them because I haven't been to Florida since they were introduced, but it just seems to me like they're so random, they're so luck of the draw, that you could end up wasting so much time, you know, hoping that, that you're going to get the notification on your phone that says, you're in! Uh, and then you're still going to you know, go all the way over there and still queue. And these rides have such, you know, on the one hand, these queues that they've created are amazing and, and so immersive. But on the other hand, they do take a long time to get through. It's just, it just feels to me like it's becoming all the more impossible to, all the more difficult, I should say, to leave a theme park feeling like you've covered if not everything, the vast majority of the stuff that you turned up to do on a given day. And where I was going with this, uh, unless you wanted to chime in on the kind of general point, maybe maybe after, but the specific point I was going to come to was, does this kind of added FOMO around the Spider-Man ride, would that make people more likely to pay extra for these web shooter things that we were talking about last week? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think they will, uh, to your point, I think it does. I think, you know, people will want the full experience when they get that opportunity. So maybe they'll be more willing to pay for those Mm. stupid web shooters. More generally, um, call me a cynic, but I don't think that fast passes were designed for the betterment of... Wait, what? ...the guests. Um, I would very much see them more as a way of uh, managing uh, movement throughout the park and being able to understand where people are more efficiently within the park because 
Um, it's been d- tested multiple times and fast passes do not make it quicker for you to ride a ride. And the throughput is much higher if all you have is a standby line. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of that. I must say, I it always felt to me back in the day, maybe when fast passes were, new, were, were pretty new, I think we always felt like we got pretty good use out of them. Uh, and there were certain rides that... One of the classic examples that I always think back on is Peter Pan, which is a ride we've done plenty of times. It's fun. It's not something that I think people are mad queuing up for that thing for hours and hours and hours, which is yeah. always the case. Every, we don't every do time it. you go, uh, in, inexplicitly, somehow, some way, for some reason, Peter Pan has a four hour wait. And you're like, oh, I don't yeah. get this. This is like. I mean, it's not even as good as ET. I and mean, if you're going to hold, it, if you're going to compare it to a, a another ride, it's I guess the closest thing to it is ET. You know, it's a it's a flyover yeah. of scenes from an iconic film. ET's way better. ET never has a four hour wait. <laughs> it's mad. No, and no, yeah. uh, and so that was always a very obvious contender for us to fast pass because it wasn't going to be something that we were going to. Or yeah, when you turn up at Magic Kingdom for us, okay, what are the rides want to do first so that we get on them. It's the mountains, you know. It's not Peter Pan. So Peter Pan was a fast pass one. That's that's something we get a fast pass for, and the and, we'll, and the fast pass says, yeah, come back at ten past four, and you'll walk on it in about fifteen minutes, probably, rather than queue for three hours. That's why. That's how. That's my memory of it, anyway. That that's how it always seemed to work. And maybe it's got worse over. I'm sure it has got worse over the years, and maybe in the last few years, it's got kind of dramatically worse. And that's why people don't love fast passes either. But I, th- I think I feel like in the early days, fast passes were actually quite good, and uh, and we got. I, I seem to think we got good use out of them. But maybe they're not as good as they used to be. They are more restrictive. Even when we were last there, they were notably more restrictive. You know, in terms of how many fast yeah. passes you could have at one time, and what kind of rides you could get fast passes for. Yeah, but they, for sure. But they were still okay. But I, I think this virtual queue stuff has the potential to kind of ruin your day a little bit or you just make the day uh more frustrating than you would like you know you're turning up to enjoy yourself and you end up just doing so much micromanagement and to to, to plan your whole day around the, the possibility that you might get on star wars or spider-man yeah uh you know you're, you're looking to do this stuff days out in advance right which is ridiculous yeah. um it's so unnecessary uh, and something I just don't want to do, really. It kind of takes the enjoyment out of it a little bit for me. I've never, I've never been a big fan of fast passes. Obviously, we've used them because you don't really have a choice in the matter these days. You have to to have a chance. We personally, uh, you know, we always hit for us what we consider the main rides, and anything else kind of fell to the wayside. We just didn't care, so we always went on. So we could do everything that we wanted to do in a park in one day, no problem. It wasn't everything in the park, mm. but we weren't hitting up Peter Pan or um, Snow White or, you know, kind of the smaller rides. Yeah. Uh, we was hitting up the kind of the, the more adult attractions, I guess you could call them. <laughs> Um, Snow White after dark. Ooh. And, you know, I would say up until 2008, maybe, you could probably get away with that without a fast pass. Since then, fast passes have been 
the name of the game. You can't do it. Even we can't do it, even when we sacrifice half the rides on purpose. You know, you still have to get fast passes to get around some of these Disney parks and get everything you want to get done. Mm. Done. Josh, do we even like theme parks? I love theme parks. I hate <laughs> corporations ruining theme parks. But the corporations made the theme parks. God damn it. The eternal dilemma. The people made the theme parks. The corporations. <laughs> yeah. Try and ruin what the people try to make. You could even see it in, you know, Joe Rody, you know, big, big fan of building these great, uh, interesting environments and rides and whatever. And corporations uh, keep them down. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Socialism, Josh. Well, That's what Joe, you're going to do. Joe Rody retired. That's. Yeah, oh, yeah, theme parks in communist countries are so good. <laughs> they are so good. Mickey pays you to come in. <laughs> oh, dear. Just all the Disney characters are like uh, a Robin Hood in the Disney version of Robin Hood. <laughs> Just a fox dressed in a rag begging on the streets. Oh dear. Right. Uh, speaking of Disneyland, as we were just then, uh, they're going to welcome out-of-state visitors uh, from June 15th. That's, that's good news. One step closer to normal operations for them. Uh, when yep. that would apply to uh, to us Brits, who knows? We're, we're, we're at the whim of Boris Johnson's government, which is uh, not a whim I ever want to be on, really. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's a th- list of things I would be okay with being at the whim of uh, that is at the bottom, possibly, or very close to it. And yet here we are. Yeah. Oh, it's like that nonsense with the uh, Champions League. What's going on? What'd you, oh, what? it's, well, you know, the final was meant to be in Turkey and they're like, oh, we can't do it in Turkey because neither Man City nor Chelsea can fly to Turkey because it's in the red zone. Oh, let's just move it to Wembley. Mm. No, no, let's put it in a foreign country still. Why? They're both English cu- teams. Stick it in England. Right, yeah. I want to say there was some bureaucracy involved, sort of the the quarantining requirements for all the various UEFA officials coming in. UEFA couldn't be arsed with that, so they said, oh, we'll just do it in Portugal, they don't care, or whatever, wherever it is. It's Portugal, isn't it? Yeah, Porto. It's uh, corruption at at its finest. UEFA, corrupt as always. Corruption in the Galactic Republic... Uh, speaking also of Star Wars as we were just then just uh, a brief one this is weird actually Josh this is going to be a long podcast and it's like I didn't think it was a busy news week and maybe it wasn't in terms of massive headlines but there's all sorts of little bitty itsy bitsy pieces that I sort of rounded up out of desperation for news and before you know it we're we're talking loads what is this a podcast we turn a uh, molehill into the mountain. That's what we do. Very nice, very nice. That could, that's a podcast title and a, and a half right there. That is a solid contender. I was I, I had the crooked man variant in my head for the last forty minutes, but you might have topped it there with. Uh, well, uh, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, mountain out of a molehill of news or something. Yes, yeah, something along those lines. Words and stuff, right? Words and stuff that could do it. That could be a title as well. Yeah, yeah. We, we're going to start naming. If you if you missed it, we're going to start naming the podcast after something witty that we say, rather than you know some SEO. I like it. Shenanigans. I kind of I had a really oh. mad thought the other day. I, I had a day off. I was bored. I was not in a mood to be particularly productive. And when I say productive, Classic. I. It, 
you know, I use that term loosely. In, making progress in a video yes. game, I consider productive. I couldn't even be bothered to do that. Yeah. And so I was thinking... Watching a film is productive for me these days. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking, shall I go back and rename every episode of the, <laughs> of the podcast? Whoa. <laughs> With a quote. You know, I'll just scrub through the... The, the 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 time of each episode and just luck of the draw. Hopefully, I hit something that makes me go. Ha, yeah, that's quite funny. And change it. You know, no. think of all the bangers. You know, the the red light. Accidentally finding the red light district in Singapore. That's a way better. That would have been a way better title than whatever it ended up actually yeah. being. I've been a strong advocate for uh, witty lines as titles over SEO since day dot. Since day one. Um, And here we are, 134 episodes later. (laughs) You've finally worn me down and got me thinking, (laughs) do I go back and listen to 133 episodes just to rename them? Yeah. I think the thing is, Tom, you've worn yourself down. I have. I have. SEO is not fun. Well, SEO... Witty lines... Mm. SEO is, so is you know, forms a major part of my job. I'd love it if instead of SEO, I could just write witty nonsense on news stories. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes I'm allowed if the if the if if the toad of the story allows for for a, for a pun, say. But generally speaking, I, uh, it's frowned upon. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so the podcast, you know, to make it more of an escape for me, that I've finally decided. Okay, let's ditch the SEO. Uh, stuff ironically um i actually added an additional plugin to a new high score at uh, the back end anyway i noticed this uh, so we, you can see an seo score for mm. uh, articles yeah yeah i i uh I, around the same time he decided to change the naming conventions of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, all of a sudden the blog is telling me like this is this headline's rubbish. They're normally so good on these podcasts. What's happened to them? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Speaking of um, Star Wars, as we were, uh, Disney have said they're going to use Unreal Engine for the uh, real time visu- visualizations on the quote unquote windows of the Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, so they, they mm. also use this tech for uh, the Smuggler's Run ride. And, of course, I'm sure plenty of people out there know as well that they use it for The Mandalorian. It's been really groundbreaking uh, in terms of its use on that show. So yeah. instead of a green screen, they're using a, just a big-ass screen. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I don't know if they've started using it for any of the Marvel stuff so far, not to my knowledge, but I assume, and no, in fact, I know, because you and McGregor have talked about it, that they are using it for the Obi-Wan show. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing I was thinking of. I thought, that for some reason, I thought it was one of the Marvel shows, but, you know, you're right, it's the Obi-Wan mm. show. Yeah. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for them to use it for the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. I, I think if they'd announced that they were doing it some other way, everyone would have said, well, why aren't you using the Unreal stuff that you already use? So they are using the mm. Unreal stuff that they already yeah. use. Talking talking of Star Wars... Um, mm. Today uh, would have been Christopher Lee's 99th birthday. Ah, oh, that's... Is that nice? Yeah, that is, that's good. it's nice to be reminded of Christopher Lee for, yeah. for so any reason. Trending in the UK on Twitter. Christopher Lee, what a man. And what a history what a he man. had as well. I love my favourite Christopher Lee story. Have you, heard the Christ, have you heard the story about him telling Peter Jackson what it's like to be stabbed? <coughs> no. Right, Okay. 
Well, spoilers for Lord of the Rings Return of the King. <laughs> Saruman in the extended version, of course. <laughs> Uh, brutally cut from the theatrical release. Um, a, a huge mistake. Peter Jackson's biggest mistake yes, since I agree. Uh, the entirety of the third Hobbit film, frankly. Uh, or the biggest mistake before that All film the came Hobbit out, films. I should say. Uh, so Saruman gets killed. He gets stabbed in the back by Worm Tongue. And in the script originally, Saruman let out an almighty yelp, you know, like, ah! And Christopher Lee apparently said to Peter Jackson, no, listen, listen, listen. I fought in the, I think it was World War II he fought in. Uh, yeah. Basically, in as many words, said to the guy, I saw people get stabbed. Mm. I saw friends get oh, stabbed. Great. I know what it's like to get stabbed. You don't scream. You sort of, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a release of air, you know, almost like you're very gently letting air out of a balloon almost. And, and yes, so you, it's like that scene in uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. So you're sort of, you know, you're just letting out a little sort of, you know, it's not, it's not a big dramatic scream. And I, I just love the idea of Christopher Lee, maybe from, maybe throughout the trilogy, just being a sort of consultant on how people should die and violence in general, you know? Like, nah, Peter, sorry, mate, you're doing dying wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, no, Peter, you wouldn't scream when you're, take it from someone who slit the throats of Nazis in their sleep. <laughs> You don't let out a yelp. Anyway, I've stunned Josh into silence. Uh, tell you what, <laughs> a bit of a kind of a bringing it all back together. Christopher Lee, obviously the man with a golden gun. Yes, with his third nipple. Uh, yes, one of the guys that helped put, uh, put all of the uh, you know stunt uh, props together and that sort of thing uh, was uh, the one and only John Wardley. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this guy gets everywhere. I swear to God, uh, there's a good there's a good story uh, in his book um, from uh, Live and Let Die. Uh, there's a scene where Roger Moore walks in, he sits at the table, and then the table falls through the, through the floor, and the floor moves back into place. Oh wow! And uh, Roger Moore <laughs> Roger Moore was apprehensive about doing it at first, and he's like. Right, if you'll do it to John, uh, I'll do it. So the first time it was ever tried, it was uh, John Wardley, and he sat in the chair, and it went <laughs> happened first time. Didn't get decap- decapitated, luckily. And then Roger Moore was like, "Sweet, let's go," and just did it first take. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. I love behind the scenes stories. Yeah. That is the biggest, uh, the biggest scandal of the of the. Um, I'm not sure if it's fair to say the entire Blu-ray generation, but certainly the 4K Blu-ray generation is by and large the mm. behind-the-scenes stuff on the... I mean, you don't get a second disc because the discs are massive generally anyway. But you don't get stuff. You don't get behind-the-scenes. You don't get features. The Lord of the Rings 4K sets and the Hobbit sets don't have the brilliant behind-the-scenes featurettes, documentaries that the original releases of those films had. It's a scandal. It's true. It's uh, it is it's shocking. It's 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 really quite annoying, actually. I I didn't know that before I bought those box sets at Christmas time, and um, I'm not saying I maybe maybe I would still have bought them even if I had known, but it was it was a disappointment to put those discs in and think, oh, well, I might watch these documentaries. It's probably been 15 years or something, but they have really stuck with me. As that Christopher Lee story will testify. Uh, but but they mm. weren't there. They're simply not there. So, 
Shocking. I'm sure they'll do a special, special edition of the 4K set that does have the uh, the documentaries on them. And yes. like a sucker, Fingers I'll crossed. buy them again. I, I'd imagine that Lord of the Rings, uh, more than any other film or film series I have re-bought over the years, I feel like I've probably had it on at least four or five formats. I, I, I think I've had it, I've probably had it on DVD theatrically, DVD extended, Blu-ray theatrical, Blu-ray extended. I've gone straight to 4K extended at least, but then I'll go 4K extended with special features. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Where should we go next, Josh? It's a sort of a bit of a, a random assortment of, of stuff that I've got left on my list here. We've got some uh, Jurassic stuff. We've got some... Uh, movie stuff we got some disney plus stuff and we got some lego stuff where where do you want to go first uh god we're already at an hour in this podcast uh <laughs> yeah i can't believe we've still got so much stuff to get through i know what's happened uh, let's right, go I need to... let's go legoland let's get you know let's get through legoland let's get through legoland okay cool california legoland is getting a lego movie world and um the press have been allowed in to have a little look around, see what's going on. But bloody time. <laughs> I know, right? Not us, though. Disgracefully oh, enough. No. Yeah. Shocking. I know. Uh, not fun. Uh, so, yeah, I've watched a little walkthrough of the land. Looks pretty cool. I am impressed. I, it's, I always associate Legoland with the uh, the reconstructions of real life uh, monuments and, 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 and structures and whatnot and things I you know, recognise from from reality. So seeing them kind of do yes. something almost uh, that's more traditional in a theme park space and recreate something you recognise from a screen um, is, is is novel in a way, and and they seem to have done a bang up job of it. Uh, and the rides look cool as well. So there's a a flying ride. It's literally called Emmett's Flying Adventure, and I, it doesn't look dissimilar to me at least from a sort of soaring esque ride to me i mean that's kind of the vibe i'm uh, getting yeah i was i'm not sure what the uh what's the sort i don't know what the you know uh seating arrangement is but i because i was thinking it's kind of similar i guess to uh the simpsons or back to the future right but i guess it's a similar sort of concept to soaring I just th- a different i think it uh, is yeah seating arrangement i believe it is closer to soaring than than those two they've also got a, a, a sort of a kid-friendly drop ride uh, a carousel, of course. What is a kiddie theme park land without one? Nice. And I think when it comes to the dining options, the uh, the best one I've seen, at least uh, from the outside because of its name, is uh, Everything is Ramen. So that's pretty good. <laughs> get behind that. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, you know, Lego Land is probably, you know, it's not somewhere you can ever really go until you've got children. So uh, I need to get busy or kidnap someone, I guess. Yeah, it seems weird if you go without kids, if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, But that's a a fine Merlin product. It's a fine Merlin product. I saw actually Legoland Windsor is, um, there's a new ride coming there. I'm not sure when. I think I saw, I think it was Twitter that I saw. I think they, I think Legoland themselves tweeted about it. And, um. In terms of a point of comparison uh, for that ride, I was kind of getting Hogwarts vibes, actually. Escape from Hogwarts. It looked very, it looked very impressive. And now I kind of want to Google it and make sure I didn't make this up. 
Uh, New just, just in your mind. Flying ride is what I'm going to go for. Uh, Josh, fill the airwaves, fill the airwaves, Josh. Uh, I'm just looking at the video right now of the uh, Legoland sort of overworld, as I like to call it these days. Uh, it looks kind of cool. I like the roadways for the pathing path through the Lego world. Uh, the Autumn Shop, that's cool. Um, the the I guess it's Duplo figurines are really quite impressive. And uh, obviously you've got the Unikitty, uh, what are they, Disco Drop, which is kind of like a um, kid-friendly version of Detonator at Thor Park or um, what's the one at Island's Adventure? Um, Doctor Doom's Freefall. Something like that, I guess. Um, looks kind of cool. It's, you know, good for the kids. Kids going to love that one, I think. Uh, it does a little spinny bit at the top as well, which is... It goes up and down. It doesn't even just do one drop. It goes up and down. Josh? Can't can't ask fairer than that. Uh, I didn't make it oh. up. I was a bit wrong with my comparison being Harry Potter, to be honest. This is also more... This is also very akin to Soarin'. This looks closer to, to Harry Potter in terms of the scope, but in terms of the uh, uh, the kind of setup of the ride, it looks, I guess, closer to soaring. You're just sort of right in front of a screen the whole time, and it's uh, simulating the sensation of flight, and it is called Mythica. And it opens on the 29th of May. Mythica. So there you go. I didn't make it up. Mythica. Mythica. There is a quite a fun video on the Legoland Windsor Facebook page of kids uh, getting their sort of first go on it preview and then a, a very, very Facebook excitedly page. being interviewed afterwards about what they thought of it. And they look incredibly delighted. Very, very excited indeed. So there you go. Yes, yeah, so that's 29th cool. of May. That's, that's two days from now as of recording. That'll be, that'll be open by the time you listen to this. So oh, get yourself down there. Can you believe it? Get your ass to Windsor. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> right. Uh, where should we go next on this uh, incredible tour of uh, relatively minor thing park news? <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the other one. The one that's not Disney+. Plus. Uh, there were two, Josh. There were two. There was a movie, and there were, I guess that kind of ties into Disney+. Plus. Okay, in that case, let's do the Jurassic World tribute yeah. store at Universal Orlando. There's not yes. a ton to say about this, to be honest. Uh, it's in the space that they would normally put their Halloween Horror Night store, uh, so it's a, you know, it's a temporary thing. But I'm very envious and jealous about the fact that it's a temporary thing, because this looks right up my street. It is a pretty large, very well-stocked Jurassic Park stroke Jurassic World store, uh, with, as far as I can tell, some unique stuff as well. Notably, uh, when it comes to uh, food, there are some fun-looking treats that I don't recognise from other eateries in the Jurassic Park area of Islands of Adventure, for example. So, yeah, I am very envious seeing pictures of this on social media this week. I'll, I want to be there. Mm, I want to be there, yeah. Josh. I do like the look of some of the, like, cakey things that we got going on there looks cool mm. what about the clothing yeah you, you're, you're not averse to some thing park clothing you know whether, whether it's a cap no. or some sexy pajamas i've got an uh, obscure japanese uh jurassic park t-shirt as well that you have seen 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. And you bought a jacket as well, didn't you? Is that, In photos. You sent that back? I didn't buy the jacket. I didn't buy the jacket. It, no, it's going to take like th- four months to come. I was like, oh, no, suck it off. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I kind of I kind of want a Mr. DNA t-shirt I was just to about, lounge around in. I was just about to say it's the Mr. DNA stuff for me that is yeah. pushing me over the edge and making me think, oh, please bring this back after Halloween. Just make it a... I know, you know, just make it the Jurassic World store for all time, apart from at Halloween. I want the Mr. DNA thing. There's a Mr. DNA cap as well, which looks quite fun. But the, yeah, that's the, good the, fun. The T-shirt is the one. Yeah, if I was getting, I think if I was getting a hat, uh, if I was there at Rock, for this year, um, this would be the cap that I would get for that for this year. Mm. Is a Mr. DNA cap. Yeah. The treats look very blue. This would likely turn your doo-doo a strange colour, I would have thought. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, who yes. am I to judge? You eat what you like. Uh, there is actually yeah. a quite a cool-looking thing that is not blue, which is a, a, a... I would imagine this is some sort of jelly sweet, but it, it's like the crystallised amber, you know, the fossilised amber from the films that has the mosquito in it. Oh, yeah. On the end of John Hammond's... Cane, uh, you can buy that mm. and bite into it, and yeah, I think based on what I've seen, that looks kind of like it would be a jelly-looking thing. Maybe, maybe it's slightly more solid jelly. Maybe it will be like a jelly they, baby type consistency. To, if I had to guess, they were in a. I'm not sure if it, can they sell like crickets and stuff in America. I'm not sure, but imagine if you could do that and like, oh yeah, put one in an amber-looking uh, sweet. Yeah, that's a good shout. They've got some Christmas baubles as well, which look quite fun. Some Velocicoaster stuff, which I assume is available in the Jurassic Park area of Ireland. I can see a Velocicoaster mug there, which looks quite good. So, yeah, man. Oh, there's a John Hammond statue as well. Man, I want to be there. I want to be there. Uh, They've got what looks like some... Yeah, some actual props from that were used on the films, uh, most notably to me, at least, the... uh, the Barbasol shaving cream uh, canister yep. used by Nedry to uh, hide the dino uh, DNA. Like got some incubators and that sort of thing. Yeah, this looks great. Um, there's a there's a Triceratops in there. I wonder if that is at all part of the old Triceratops encounter Triceratops being reused. Uh, based on this photo, maybe they're only strategically using the head and having it sort of poke out from somewhere where you can't see the rest. Maybe it is the head from yep. that old thing. Maybe. Yeah. Did you ever do that, the Triceratops encounter? Uh, no. <laughs> it was quite good, actually. It was good fun. It was quite. It was quite convincing. Again, it was. It, it was one of them things that it's like, well, do we really need to do it? No. We'll sack it off. Get the main things done. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what can I say other than that I am envious of the people that are able to go and spend money in the Jurassic World store. I would happily spend money. Just, I just, I'm just not allowed in. I'm busy spending money on uh, other stupid things instead. Aren't we all? And aren't we always? Yeah. Anyway, uh, last slice of news. This is, uh, I guess, both kind of Disney Plus-ish. Uh, first of all, there's a new trailer for Jungle Cruise. We talked about the new release date a few weeks ago, thirtieth of July, coming to cinemas and Disney Plus on their premiere access thing. Uh, the trailer, to me, as someone who hasn't hadn't seen the first trailer for a while, I guess for probably a year, 
maybe over a year. I mean, this was originally due to come out last summer, so they probably would have put out the first trailer around this time last year. And that would have been the one and only time that I watched it. So, yeah, uh, the second trailer seemed pretty indiscernible from the first one, to be honest. But it still, you know, continues Uh, to look like a fun, potentially fun time, bit of a throwback. So I'm looking forward to it. And the more exciting thing to me, though, about the uh, promotion for this film is the poster, which looks terrific. Poster's banging. It's great. It's it look. It's got that classic kind of thirties adventure serial thing down perfectly, but also the kind of vintage thing park aesthetic as well. It's kind of a perfect amalgamation of the yeah. two. It would look banging on my wall. I just have to hope the film's good. Although Josh, you were saying yes. we were having this conversation the other day that your dream when you have your own place. I think you have plenty of film posters up in your room right now, and I'm sure that would continue to be the case in your own place. Uh, But it would extend to the bathroom. However, as that is uh, the bathroom where the toilet is is, is situated, you would uh, like some really good posters of of shit films. And if this film is bad, as, let's be honest, the track record of theme park films would suggest it probably will be, this might be a good contender because it is an excellent poster of what might be a rubbish film and therefore perfect for your future bathroom. Absolutely perfect. I'd be well up for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, get that up there. Uh, get a Tower of Terror poster up there as well, I think. <laughs> um, so I'm sort of inviting the theme park stuff into it as well, which is kind of cool. Mm. But did Tower of Terror, the film, have a good poster? Uh, I don't think it had a poster because it was uh, a TV it film. It must have right? had a... So... But you could... You, for years, you could buy it in the Tower of Terror shop. So there must be some sort of cover art that, that you could scale yes. up for, for, the, for the purposes of a poster, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know whether that's good or not because it would have just been... It's... Uh, what's his name and Kirsten Dunst uh, kind of with the car with the ta- with the castle with the tower behind uh, so I'm, it's not exactly uh, exceptional Steve Gutenberg right um, I can't remember it's not exactly exceptional artwork if I'm honest mm. uh, no okay, I'm, so I'm looking forward so. to Jungle Cruise it's the type of film that you know I might actually be up for seeing in that silly cinema where the seats move and then you know they spray stuff at you you know because it would feel feel wrong not to right it's a theme park movie you go to D-box. go in the cinema where it feels most like a theme park yeah well up for that sounds like a plan let's make a date 30th of July yeah, yeah. I want them to make a new Tower of Terror film uh, sure straight to Disney Plus is the, <laughs> is the original even on Disney Plus um, I don't know um, I guess I should I, I can look and check yeah go on why don't you do that live live research uh, Speaking of Disney Plus, of course, Jungle Cruise will be available there. But in addition to that, uh, I, I don't know if this was known about or what. It seems almost like it's kind of sneaked out. But the D23 magazine, which uh, some people have been lucky enough to get their hands on. Terror, terror, sorry, Tom, cutting in. Right. Terra Terra is not on it's not Disney on Disney Plus. Plus. Why, why? Why might that be? Who out there is desperately clinging on to the license for the Tower of Terror film? <laughs> it might be. It might have been on Netflix at some point. Uh, so really? I don't know. Yeah, 
What about Mission to Mars? Is that on there? Uh, I don't think that's anywhere. The Haunted Mansion is on there, and obviously Pirates of the Caribbean is on there. What else is there? Country Bears? Is that, I think that is on there. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen the country... I'm pretty sure I've come across the Country Bears while browsing Disney Plus at some point. But Mission to Mars is not on there's here. There's no Mission to Mars. Oh, just whacked my mic. There's no Mission to Mars and there's no Tower of Terror. So, frankly... We're overpaying for Disney Plus because it is not the complete collection of Disney material that we'd been led to believe. It's true. Um, I've just, I've just, uh, I've just searched on a website called Just Watch, uh, which usually gives you a list, like tells you where you can watch things. It's not even on Just Watch. <laughs> I, so, uh, uh, yeah, it's um, lost, lost to history. I guess it's hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is exciting. So coming to Disney+, Plus, uh, I think it's a 10-part series called Behind the Attraction, which is going to take you, as the name would suggest, behind the scenes of classic Disney theme park rides. Uh, Now, as I say, we know very little about this. It almost feels like it's sneaked out a little bit in this D23 magazine that people have got their hands on. Uh, The most noteworthy thing is that it's going to be produced by Dwayne Johnson's production company. So I don't know if he's really taken a fondness for the whole... For the whole thing, while working on Jungle Cruise, maybe that is the case, and that's how this thing uh, found life. But I hope it's good. I mean, I thought the imagine, as we've talked about before, the Imagineering story until the kind of end for me was fantastic and a really fascinating insight into the history of 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 the Disney theme parks. And uh, some of the uh, the day at Disney stuff is is interesting as well. Some less, some less so. Uh, so I hope this is really good and I'll be curious to see what the rides are that they pick and what the kind of criteria is for the rides that they choose what are the give me a handful of Disney rides that you would love them to dive into as part of this series dedicate a, you know an episode to what would be top of your list um, Haunted Mansion oh yeah it's a good one I think Jungle Cruise is going to be on there right that's, that's almost a given <laughs> yeah. Pirates probably yeah the Big Thunder Mountain has a pretty good story based on, you know, things that they were trying to accomplish with it uh, before mm. it ended up how it ended up. Probably um, wouldn't do Splash now, right? And they're going to kind of, kind of try and wash their hands of Splash no, Mountain. No, probably not. And you got to think classics are probably... Uh, maybe... It's a small world, maybe. That's kind of a classic. That's got kind of long history. Yeah. Uh, comes from... I want... Uh, when they were putting on the World Expo, that was one of the rides that yeah. Walt Disney made for the World Expo. You know, if they wanted to cut corners a bit, you know, it would make sense to do that one and some of the other ones you mentioned because they already got quite a good showing on the Imagineering story. So they are, there's obviously plenty of yeah. good archival material already and uh, stuff that they could reuse. I'm sure that based on what they did with the Imagineering story, you'd probably get an episode or two or on some really modern stuff and then maybe even something that is... Uh, coming in future, you know, a deep dive mm-hmm. into Guardians or something like that, or, or some of the Marvel stuff yeah. would probably make sense as well. Spider Man, uh, Space Mountain would be an interesting one. Was that not one of the first sort of indoor roller coasters? Uh, you know, major indoor roller coasters in uh, in the US. I, 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 uh, yeah, it probably would have been. I feel like yeah. that's that's true of that ride. It's, it's been there a long time. 
So that that might be interesting um, to, to. I'm trying to think of other because uh, you know they did they did go in pretty hard on Avatar, for example, and as 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 wowed as I was by everything about Avatar when I was there, uh, given that it's quite heavily featured in the Imagineering story, I don't know whether there would be as much value in dedicating a whole episode of this to that as well. But well, I don't think it, I don't think you see that in this right because it's not a classic. Even it, I would. Mm. It's a modern classic, maybe you know, soon to be a classic. Yeah, um, I think it's it's of that pedigree, but I don't think it makes it. I don't think a lot of uh, Disney World only properties make it. Mm. Um, for me, classic things are rides that originated Matterhorn, California. Yeah, the Matterhorn. Um, there's the submarines, right? Um, and then you got obviously you got kind of Snow White uh, and those sorts of ride, which are all kind of the same, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so maybe you could do a a catch all for them, mm. Josh. Uh, so the person who tweeted this, uh, this is how it caught my attention uh, at sincerely Ivy on Twitter. Uh, someone. Yeah. replied to her tweet saying, I'm curious which ten attractions. She replied, here you go, and uh, <laughs> sent a close-up <laughs> of the article, which reveals a handful of the ones that uh, we have been speculating wildly about for the past wow. five minutes. So I've just wasted uh, even more of our time. Do you want to know some of the ones? Um, they're not all here, so we haven't, you know, some of the speculation was still worthy. Yeah. And, and there is one on this list, actually, that we did that nobody mentioned. Uh, I wonder if you can guess. I'll leave that one out and see if you can guess what it is. So Jungle Cruise, of course, is one. Haunted Mansion is one, as you said. Uh, Tower of Terror is one, yeah. which I think you also said. Space Mountain is one, as I'm I really said. It's a one. Small World is one, as you said. But there is one here which which neither of us have said. Uh, it is. It is. It has been there a long time. It's based on an enormous franchise and as maybe now something of a poor relation given what's gone on at the Disney parks oh. over the last few years but I think it's still beloved and, and it's yeah. going to be part of this thing what is it what is it yeah well it's it's obviously can only be Star Tours right it's Star Tours it is yeah Star yes. Tours is there Muppets uh, 3D that's what they should I, do talk about beloved attractions I'm just going to put it out there just going to put it out there Star Tours used to be better than it is now uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might agree with you. Actually, um, I, I'm not convinced that 3D um, massively adds to it. And uh, I like the. I definitely like the idea of the of it having all those different stories. That is that is cool. The idea that you can go on that ride a couple times in a day and get something different. But there was something fun about yeah. it being a, an entirely unique little story, little experience. And now it feels almost like yeah. marketing, you know. And, and the, yeah, it feels disjointed to me as well. There will be people out there who say, "Well, yeah, no shit, Tom. The whole bloody theme park is a marketing exercise, you idiot." And it's like, yeah, but you know, they used to be better at tricking me about it, is what I'm saying. Now they're just yeah. Yeah. blatant about the whole thing. Yeah, um, uh. Terra Terra is going to be really good because I think that's got a good history as well. Mm. Um, that started off as as a ride that they wanted to put. In with uh, Big Thunder as a sort of like um, old timey kind of mining town sort of area. Uh, so there's a sort of whole history that of that. 
they are, you technically aren't allowed to call the ride. There's a specific name for how the ride works uh, because they're not allowed to call it a lift or an elevator um, because of the work they did with the company that they worked with, which is a big, I, th- I can't remember the name of them now. I don't think it's Thyssen Krupp, but um, one of the big uh, lift slash elevator manufacturers helped them with it. And it's like one of the times that the company that helps you build something and completely design something brand new kind of hides the fact that they can build something like this because it's not something they want to mention because mm. it's it's not in their, you know, doesn't sell business for them as it were. Indeed. Well, it's a good list, though. It is a good list. It's a good starting point for sure. So, how many is that there? There's uh, Jungle mm. Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Star Tours, Twilight Zone, Space Mountain. It's a small world. So, that's, uh, it was that six? Six. So, there's six. still four uh, that we do not know about. So, that is exciting. Mm. That is going to do it, I think, Josh. That has been an absolute epic. Somehow, this has been in the longest episode of the Park Crush <laughs> podcast to date. <laughs> I don't know. Nice one. I don't know how, Congrats. I don't know how this has happened. Oh. Well, well Josh, do you have anything else to add? <laughs> yeah, no, you mentioned it. No, no, no. God, no. do you know how no. much D23 membership is? No. It's a hundred bucks a year. hundred bucks a year. Wow. Wow. Oof. Well, that is, you know, it's a lot of money. Anyway. Um, oh, you do get a record. What do you get out of it? You get a record and a magazine, and you get to go. Uh, do you, you get, get to go by get... default? I assume you don't have to pay extra to go. Uh, you do you? One do you... gold member card. I think you do have to pay extra. What is the point of that then? Uh, you get access for one to virtual. Oh no, to one to virtual and in-person events. Okay, mm. uh, you get the collector set. Uh, you get four issues of the D23 publication. Uh, the collector set this year looks like um, some like old-timey stuff. So you get like an old-school-looking uh, flag and an old-school-looking lunchbox. Um, some sort of uh, record of some description, which is 50 years of Walt Disney World. Um, and a couple of other things as well. You get a, you get a tote, a bag, uh I know you don't. That's sorry. That's just signifying that you get exclusive shopping and merchandise for being part of D twenty three. Josh, I thought you had nothing else to add. Sorry, uh, okay. it's, it's just one of them episodes, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Well, uh, if you're still here, I I don't know quite how or why, but if you are, you can get in touch with the show as we said earlier. It's podcast at parkrush.com twitter at parkrush podcast the website is parkrush.com you can also find it the show that is and the show notes and plenty of other fun stuff including this week a review of the conjuring the devil made me do it at newhighscore.co.uk i think that's everything right i mean obviously you can you can find us on your preferred podcasting app of choice and subscribe if you haven't already Uh, i think that's everything so uh, that is definitely everything we'll see you next week and until then goodbye goodbye